everybody. Welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. Joining me today, before I told him that he's probably going to have to introduce himself at some point, is, a, is someone that other people have described as no fun. I am, I am, however, going to allow him to state a brief case as to why that may not be true. Now? Is this, is this, is this what I'm doing now? Yes. So is this, am, I, am I already on the spot defending myself as no, to why my no, Twitter handle no, became no fun I, brown? I, yeah, well, uh, I, I don't think you're no fun. You're, you're oh, so. no, that's literally a self-imposed nickname. Uh, I, w I used to be horrible in, the, in like, the video game fighting games, and they w I would be teaching someone uh, while we're playing the game while simultaneously, mercilessly beating them down and winning the round. Uh, and I'd be like, this is how you do this move, and then I'd use it on them, and then, and then my friend would just be like, no fun fucking brown. <laughs> 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 and uh, it just stuck. I like the name, so... That that is look, I'm gonna put it out there. That is that is a cool origin story for that nickname. Yeah, and but and I the only reason I put that together is because I can tell Sean's gonna to listen to this. He's gonna love it. He's gonna hate it, buddy. This one's for you, Sean. He's just gonna say. Ugh. He I the, one of my favorite things to do is to make Sean just have that look, being like he's done it again. Or at least, like, he's about to do something stupid and or outlandish, and I'm going to have to deal with all of this and then the consequences. And then I just sit there with this look on my face. We're on Skype, so you can't really mm. see it as an audio format. I know I'm, I, I love describing with, with uh, a lot of thick descriptors through my Skype call. No, it's, uh, it's just this smug look afterwards. I, because Sean's been playing Burnbright with us for the last, like, couple of months. Mm. Um, he has become acquainted probably by now with the tone of voice I take when I'm asking the innocent sounding question that leads up to a very bad pun. <laughs> and, and he's learned to recognize it. He's learned to recognize it and say, oh, oh shit, he's already, no, stop him, someone, stop no, it's coming. Um, it's coming out of his mouth. It's going to come out whether you like it or not. And I'm going to be upset by it, but it's bloody coming. Stop him. Stop him now kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Negotiations have failed. Shoot him. <laughs> so who's the DM in that situation? Uh, the DM in that situation is a friend of ours. Um, usually plays on the podcast, uh, Jacob. He is, okay. he is running us through Burnbright. We've almost finished. Uh, by the time this comes out, um, we will be still almost finished. Um, I know because I can't right. count, Matt. Like, like I said, man, I'm I'm a humanities student, so I, I can't do that complicated math. That's fair. Shit. I I just open the calendar on my on my computer down in the bottom right corner, and I just count the weeks, maybe sometimes, and then you know that's an estimate at best. Like this might come out, you know, some point in the future. Well, I mean, look, this is going to drop probably on Australian Monday. This so, Australian Monday. This Australian Monday. Oh, excellent. I know. After Excellent. So, um, well, one thing that I kind of want to start doing this year is actually have like a good game design talking point straight up, mm -hmm. so so we can get into this thing. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what we're using is we are using the book "Things We Think About Games." And Josh, don't talk when you're going away from your microphone because that's like not. It's fine. Give if you, you do, time. I'll just fill the gap. I'm trained to do that. Hi, everybody. I can see he's actually reached away from the mic when he's been doing that. Hi, my name is Matt, by the way. I, I'm uh, the DM of Split the Party, and I'm over on YouTube or something. Uh, YouTube.com/slash Split the Party. Look, he's back. 
Excellent. So the, the book we're going to be going through very slowly with all my guests uh, is Things We Think About Games by Will Hindmarch and Jeff Tidball. Introduction by by Will Wheaton. And I kind Does of just, just say wish... don't be a dick on the inside cover if it's Will Wheaton doing it? Uh, the first it, rule that he says? The first rule is not don't be a dick. Neither is the... Oh, okay. He does say in his final point, don't be a dick. Good. I mean, first point or last point, it's going to be remembered either way in that scenario because you don't want it to be in the middle. Yeah. No, indeed not. You don't want people being a dick in the middle. Um, <laughs> that's Some not people good. might. Um, I just kind of wish one of them had written after that, shut up, Wesley. That would have been... That would have been made... good. Or at least yeah. like, damn acid pit. Oh, yeah, that would have been good too. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Again! Again! Come Sorry, on! I just found a work-related note in my book that I'm going to have to use. But anyways, um, so the, the this is like thing one in that book. And it says the player of any game has at most two hands. Um, now, without reading everything they say, um, what, what they're going on about is, you know... If, if a game requires people to hold or, or do stuff or move more than two things, they should know where they can put one thing while moving the other. Yeah. Which sounds like I've just explained it in the dumbest way possible. Honestly, when I first read this paragraph, though, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, what do they mean? Do they mean, like, in a sense of, like, I have a shield and sword in D&D? No, they mean, like... Do they mean... They mean literally, like, okay, the example they have, they've got, like, you've got cards in one hand... Mm. And then you've got your other hand to do something with, whether it's like discard, draw, uh, uh, place yeah. little gummy things on the table, do your scoreboarding. Is yeah. that, is that, that's mostly what they mean, right? That, that, that's what they're getting at, yeah. It, it's a case of like, look, if, if you give people too many things that they have to play with and no way of keeping it organized, that's not good. Yeah, that's that's definitely something has turned me off a lot of games in the past of like there's um a game where it's like this is a simple game once you know how it's going can be detrimental if you see too many like bits and figurines and things all all at the same time without being kind of gradually introduced to them um what's this guy that's bob (laughs) yeah that's bob he's very important but he won't come in until act three yeah and you're like but why isn't what's bob doing there yeah he's being foreboding He's just hanging out. Yeah, He's like Death's exactly. cousin. He's just there. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I mean, but thinking about this also with, like, say, TTRPGs, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like what, what this essentially is saying is always have what the player needs easy to access and handle and manipulate. And I think that, you know, we, we could definitely have a look at, say, 5th edition character sheets and say they're pretty good. Yeah, for the most part, I would say. Uh, yeah, I th- we we can agree they're not perfect. And can I ask you a question? If if you did the same thing I did when in high school and playing D- Dungeons and Dragons, oh, I was like um, fresh out of uni. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You may not have done this then, but did you ever try and like draw up your own character sheets because you couldn't? Okay, and we're about to see a generational thing because you didn't have easy access to a printer or a photocopier. And so you'd have to draw it up by hand, looking at the model on the book. And at some point you'd be like, well, wait a second. It's actually better if I put this here. So, yes, generational gap is indeed there. I I had okay, a printer. 
as I was a teenager growing up, so I had to print out all my assignments. So um, Ooh, in that sense, I, yeah, it's all fancy, fancy 2003, yeah. holla holla. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I don't think I ever did that because I when I first started playing TTRPGs a lot more, uh, I was on the side of like, look, I want. I think I got I but I got I my first character was made on like the D and D generator in Microsoft Silverlight or something like that, like the fourth edition one. And uh it was then though, it was still like it was like this sheet is like five pages long, half of it is spells, I don't understand what this is. Um but I can I can totally understand the sentiment of wanting to make a more clear one for the way not even for the for other people as much as yourself to start with. Uh making it so it kind of co kind of meshes cohesively with the way you think and process information yeah so it, like it, it's very much the uh the sean sunday um hey sean again player um, screen yeah exactly yeah it's behind me actually is it <laughs> yeah it's just uh, oh, cool. in the back there somewhere i got like a little cool. D segment of this shelf behind me uh-huh i see I, I I can see the black books the red font and the little black tag. yes yes there, there's a little cube of them Yes. Um, I, I no longer have my nerd cube. My yeah. <laughs> I, I on that note, I genuinely find it amazing that um such a product hadn't been out until now in in a format like that. Um, like you have starter sets and things like that where it has like here's all your stuff, but even then it's like basically the character sheet. And uh, in the case of Pathfinder, which I was playing for the first time last night. Uh, that sheet actually does do a similar thing where it's like, this is all of the dice and they color code them and this is what your actions do. Like a really just like, here is how to play uh, on on the sheet and on like your intro materials itself. Mm. I will also say, now um, uh, behind you are many, 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 many board games. Yes. <laughs> um, can I ask, have you ever played... Um, have you ever played a board game called Concordia? Concordia, no, but I think I rec- I recognize the name, but um, yeah. what what is it? Okay, Concordia is a game where you essentially all play like Roman merchants of Roman merchant families, right? Okay. Um, and it it is it is not my favorite game to play, but it is my favorite game to look at. Oh, is it one of these? Okay, just gonna do um, a little quick and, and just look at the way that they've done the design on it. Because it is just the most beautifully elegant and ir- irritatingly wonderful design. Because every piece tells you how to play. Ah, oh, I like that. Like, um, shut I've up seen and this sit- on shelves, yeah. Yeah, Shut Up and Sit Down did a review of it. And it took them about three minutes to explain the basics of how to play the game. See, that's fantastic. If you can get a short explanation out in under five minutes, I think you've got a good game design standpoint yeah it's kind of like oh how do you play this game okay well you see these cards yeah can you read them yeah excellent you now know how to play dude exploding kittens is is very similar to that um, i, I think, played um, exploding kittens yeah exploding kittens everything that's on the cards is how to do the thing and then there's like one or two rules after that yeah i mean i i, I will very very much confess like i've i played exploding kittens i, I had a fun time playing exploding kittens um, especially the nope cards. They were good fun. I love those. <laughs> um, yeah, nope, 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 nope. And then you nope. do like the nope, 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 nope play. You just keep stacking them until it cancels out and you get confused. You're like, who 
Who's actually Node again? Yeah, I, I do like that. Mm. Um, but the reason I like Concordia more is because it is more systems interacting. Like, it's a bit more complex of a game. But I just, it, it has, it, it just hits that design sweet spot that, that I very, very much like, love. So, looking looking at all the pieces, so I've got I've pulled it up on a on a on a web store, and it's it's got like a good amount of tokens and things. It's not overwhelming by the look of it. It's very mm. aesthetic as well. Yeah, it's 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 the right combination, I would say, of information that tells the player what they need, as well as like mm. you've got these little like cardboard thing in front of you, and it tells you what to put on it to start it tells you how to set up the board, like your little mm. personal little board. It, look, not my favorite game, but easily Got my favorite design board game. Like my, my favorite way of looking at design and just thinking, I, I, I can't think of any board game that's been designed that's just so playable so quickly. I, um... So one of my favorite board games in terms of like pieces and things like that is Lords of Waterdeep, and I know yeah, classic Matt likes D and D games again, but um, from I I wasn't really playing as much D and D when I bought that game, but just like how the game functions as a whole thing, and then it's got probably the my most favorite thing in that uh, they've designed the box as storage as well, that every piece that you can actually use in the game doesn't have to sit in like little baggies there's like a slot on the box for everything that game That's has beautiful. like oh god it's it's just it's so satisfying mm. putting all the putting all the bits exactly into their spots i think scythe has something similar if you get like certain boxes um but yeah that game that game is ha- has some mechanics but it's like overall it's like do the quest get some points uh put your man's on the little bits to earn currency, which effectively the flavor of the game is you're, you're earning different colored blocks, which represent different kinds of adventurers to go on a quest, to complete the quest, to win victory points. Like that's, that's the basic functionality of the game. And then there's just like stuff around that. And if, and you could, you could probably play a game with as much as I've told you, and then the rest will just fill itself in. I, I do remember trying to play that game once and I, I will confess, like I was kind of in a hurry and trying to like learn it in three minutes without mm. really reading the manual, which is not a good way to learn how to play a game. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Um, and I didn't understand and I got frustrated. I, I would say play with, play with at least one person who's played it a lot. Cause like you'll see that you can, you can almost play that game without speaking at a certain point. Like when you've just got like stuff, you put them down, go, I want to complete this and then it it just flows really well at a certain point. Yeah, but, um, which uh, which is, I'd, I'd say is just a good. It's, it's just a sign of good design, and, and that's uh, good yeah. stuff. Cool. Um, so, mentioning D anD D, Matt, you you occasionally play some Dungeons and some Dragons in these here parts. Yeah, just just a little bit, you know. Th- just these here parts amount. being, you know, online. <laughs> um. Please tell me about how how that is going for you. So, uh, <laughs> I wish we recorded this last week because I've I've lost two of my professional games uh, in in the meantime. But no, uh, no I um my uh so I play. Oh god, now I have to try and think. I have I have about f- five had about five weekly games 
and then two to three fortnightly games. Damn. Yes. So, uh, full disclosure, I this it, it pretty much pays my rent. I I'm a professional DM, and um, I would I will either go to someone's house. Uh, it's only just started because lockdown has only just started easing in Melbourne, so don't freak out on that one, uh, audience. Uh, and and otherwise, it would be playing online. So I have a, some games with Americans I play on Mondays. I've got some games with um, some lovely New Zealanders that I played on Monday nights, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I would I, I play I play play a lot, um, and part of the reason is just due to the way I'm able to prepare for the games is is very easy for me. Now, uh, Matt, just one quick question. You do get some of your clients from start playing games, don't you? I I have had one or two, yes. Because I, I know you're on there, because I'm on there too. I actually hey. got a fashion table as well. Yes, I, 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 list through, um, I list through about three or four places. Uh, my The one I get the most from is actually Fiverr, and uh, the Melbourne service also Dungeon Master for Hire. They're, they're great guys. Okay. Well, great I'm, group I'm of people, to... it's not just guys there. I might have to get them on at some point and just have a have a wee chat. Yeah, Luke's great. He um he also runs the Adventurers League down here. Oh, cool! For from like the organised match play in Melbourne. I I, I will say though, Matt, the, the the kind of big thing stopping me is um this time last year I did the the exact same thing I did this year, which is put out a tweet saying, "Hey everyone, uh, if you'd like to talk Dungeons and Dragons on a podcast, uh, or you know someone who would, please get in contact." Shit! Now I've got a million messages. And now that that's I a big read. list. But at the same time, do 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 do. I I did the same thing uh, mid last year. I was like, I want to start a new audio game, audio only game. I put out for some guests, and then we ended up having to reboot the game. And we're going to start it sometime this month when all of our cast are able to be in the same uh, city and also um, same time zone. Finally, and we basically just got to go through the list again and go, okay. We want we want to get as many people as we can on. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just go. <laughs> and if we can't, we'll we'll create another show and then do more guests. So um, is uh the the primary game you play is fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, and you just yes. started playing Pathfinder Second Edition, I believe you said. Yes, I literally started um Pathfinder Second last night for the first time. Me and a couple of the guys from um, Split the Party. I was like, hey, I've got a paid game coming up uh, at the end of this month. Uh, they only just told me they wanted to play Pathfinder, and I have no idea how to play this, so let's play as much as we can in the next two weeks. So last night was our first game, and I TPK'd them. So in other words, um, you're you're ready. I'm ready. I'm re- Pathfinder is hard. <laughs> it's it's really hard. Um, the action economy is is really interesting. I actually really enjoyed it. It wasn't even a it wasn't even like a bad scenario. The the, the players. Um, the players were fine. Like we were all just like, "Oh, I guess this is happening." Um, and can, due to the ask, fact that I rolled, was it, was it was it a TPK because of bad choices on their part? Was it the dice gods extracting vengeance? Bit of both. I would say, "Por qué no los dos?" Uh, both, in fact. Uh, my my players, they were just they were just like, "Bugger it, we're just going down into the basement of a fish market." Let, what's the worst that can happen? And they they're like barricades means things doesn't want to be ke- uh, let out or kept in let's go explore that and then they ran into just a bunch of skeletons and things and then uh because you can because if in in that in that um in that game system because it's action based rather than it move minor standard action 
Mm. Uh, you can you can attack three times a turn. So basically, from the get go at level one, you can multi attack three times. Uh, however, that you does do make get sense. A, you do get a um, you do get a negative to your roll for each successive attack. Also um, makes sense. Yes. So from a from a balance standpoint, totally see it. Makes it um I can totally see why D D keeps it the way they do, but I can also see the value in the way Pathfinder does it, because I actually very much enjoy both. Cool. Sorry, it's just put me in mind of a um a really, really well known PS2 game. Um This may also be a generational thing. It's alright. Is it Yu-Gi-Oh is it Yu-Gi-Oh Duelist of the Roses by chance? Absolutely not. Oh, um, damn. I'll get it one day. Give me a second. I, I can't remember the name of the game, but I can remember what you were in the game. Um, actually, uh, no, that's not it. Um, Vagrant Story. There we go. Oh, yes, I know of that. Yeah, okay. So Vagrant Story had a similar thing. Like, you could chain things together, mm. but it had, like, you know, I think it was, like, less of a chance of hitting, but more chance of damage. Yes, yes, yes. So it would it would compound. Uh, however, when you have uh, my supernatural ability to accidentally roll natural 20s like literally three times in a row, uh, mixed with the fact that each skeleton, uh, there are five skeletons plus a, a zombie who can attack three times each, um, it becomes a problem because when I score natural 20s, it's not a crit in this game, but you still are hitting, even with the modifiers, it goes down to an 18, which is typically above the AC of the party. Uh, times 18. So, uh, it, it just, it, it definitely just like down them. Like you have more health at level one granted, but you're still only at like 19 health, you know? Uh, and, and they were just like, oh, one character went down one round. Next character went down the next round. Uh, the final character was like, I'm going to try and run. But then they took opportunity attacks and they just went down. No disengage rule? Um, there was, I think there there was something that was prohibiting that but i can't remember what off the top of my head fair um okay so i mean it it, it was a case of you know ra- random number oh yeah just not mate R- rng typically favors the dm by accident just cuz you roll so much <laughs> that is that is a thing absolutely i think that's why I guess it's like kind of a balance thing. It's like why there are player char- like why every class can essentially break the game in their favor. Absolutely, yeah. Like you know, you can't tell me fireballs balanced, mate. That is not balanced. It's not balanced, but it's iconic. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Like the the thing I'd, I'd say is, um, so last AG6. year during lockdown yeah. in Sydney, uh, I introduced um, a couple of my son, my my firstborns friends to Dungeons and Dragons by running him mm-hmm. and them through Lost Mind of Fandelva. Yeah. And, you know, they're in the last dungeon crawl, they're level five, the wizard has got fireball, and realizes, wait a sec, I could finish this fight. Fireball. They kill everyone in the room? He killed every bugbear in the room. Yeah, good. <laughs> he he was an evocation specialist, so he was able to like make sure his friends. Oh, was didn't it like sculpt spells and everything, so it's not hurting allies? Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And when he realized, like, 
He's like that. He's like that. Um, that photo of the child looking back at the camera as everything else is like the buildings on fire in the background. Yes, and then you just hear the girl. words. You just hear like a <laughs> like coming from the background. Yeah, it's like this this intense background music. Yeah, I, I that O Fortuna. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Fireball. <laughs> Fantastic spell. Yeah. But I, they they've definitely brought it back into like um. From the from like a balance standpoint, like you see like lightning bolt and stuff as well. It's like uh, what's fireball eight d six versus lightning bolts straight line version, and it's six d eight instead. So the the maximum potential damage is still the same um, for a third level, but then um you notice that they also don't scale the same way if you were to cast at higher levels. Like usually you'll see like your level fours and fives, they will do possibly more damage than these third levels so mm-hmm. sometimes uh the the scaling doesn't work in your favor as much just uh refresh my memory does lightning bolt still bounce chain lightning does but that's a sixth level ver- version yeah no lightning bolts um from memory lightning bolts just like a hundred foot line and it just goes straight through oh, okay. whoever's on the um, grid or map. Give, give me a second I, I got a book that i might need to just have a quick read of just remember the old rules um does everyone it- uh, so, you you do you do the everyone what he's doing discussion. So he's pulled out a a um, very dark red looking book. Uh, it's got a big red demon looking thing with horns on it. Um, the problem is I can't see because of his filter what the book says. However, I do know what it is, and it is the very first edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons um, player's hand. Are you looking at the player's handbook? Uh, yes, I am. That is the yes. one with the big scary guy. It's yes, the guy it's, trying it's to literally just a big red blur on my screen. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's but, uh, no, it's um, yeah. What's it saying there? Is it maybe they've maybe they um made it into two different spells by the end of it? Possible. Okay. If the full length of the stroke is not possible due to the Im- interposition of a non-conducting barrier such as a stone wall. My God. The lightning bolt will double and rebound towards its caster, its length being the normal total from beginning to the end of stroke. What's the range on that? Like, how far does it go? 100? Range. Uh, four. It says four feet plus one per level, I believe. Um, F- four feet? Okay. Uh, give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Give me a second. Well, I, there's definitely something that I'm not... Understand the range of the bolt is the location of the commencement of the st- far out. So it's Guys, unlimited range. You could just do it and then. No, I, I think I'm just getting angry with the way they've written this and just like everyone be very thankful we have fifth edition now that's actually written in order to be read. The range of the bolt is the location of the commencement of the stroke or where the caster is standing. Isn't that a better way of saying it? Um, yeah. If like, shot from self. Yeah, exactly. It's shot from self. Yeah. Um, there you go. Hire me as game designer and whoever's listening to this because I uh, yeah. just boiled down okay, two it, ha- it has an example. If a 12th level magic user casts the spell at its maximum range, 16 feet in this case, the stroke would begin at 16 and flash outward from there. So, huh. okay, there's, there's some math, but the, 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 long, the long story short is it bounces back. And I can remember that from like things like, you know, the original, you know, well, not the original, but Baldur's Gate 2. Because part of the fun was like cast like lightning bolt in such a way where you could bounce it several you times to the same person. Like... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
No, so it definitely doesn't do that anymore, to answer your question, though. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, there's a variant There's a variant at 6th level called Chain Lightning, in which it's basically Lightning Bolt, but the bolt can jump to people up to four times mm. if they're within 30 feet of each other. I, I, I do want to point out, like, when we were playing as kids, um, yep. sorry, when I was playing as, as a child, and we had 2nd Edition, which had the same kind of Lightning Bolt, there was a lot of rulers and a lot of arguments about angles and deflection. Oh, and it was, yeah. got us thrown out of the library at least once. <laughs> oh man. I, so I, so I didn't play D and D when I was younger. I played, um, the good old Warhammer 40,000. Uh, that was my, that was oh, my, like, yeah, that was my, so I was playing like third and fourth edition bloody. Oh, when was that? That was like, Matt, Matt, Matt. Yep. What army did you play? I I played Tau. So Matt, so good to have you on. Uh, really great to talk oh, to you. Oh, you bloody <laughs> kicking me off for that? No, no, no. So, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll rub the wound in a bit further. Uh, I didn't play for about the last ten years, and then COVID hit. And what do you know? Sitting in front of me. I got pissed off one day and then I was like, I need some retail therapy. And I went and bought a Tau box set. And now I have more Warhammer than I ever fucking had 10 years ago in the span of like eight months because of the lockdown. And I've just got so much just sitting on a craft table. Do, do I you, love doing it. Do, do you regret this at all? Oh, not at all. I love it. Okay. I'm probably going to so, like go paint minis after this. Okay. So it was not a Tau tool error that you made. Oh, there's the voice. That's the voice you is. were talking about earlier. I did, yeah. I'm going to just just hold on. I'll go put my rail gun in your direction. <laughs> yes, I was a loyal son of Russ. I had a Space Wolf army. Space Wolf? Okay, so we have Space Wolves as well. Me and my partner like paint together at the table, and oh, that was like one of the one of the first bigger ones we bought. I, I did see some of the models now, and I think like the chapter master, it's still Logan Grimnar, I think. Yeah, yeah, they just um, brought him back out like this year. And I like the last model I saw him. Like he's got like this floating chariot dealy being pulled by two huge wolves. And I thought, I think that's him. Yeah. Space wolves are rad. They're just like they're just the what then the Nordic space marines. They they're all about like chopping people up even more than normal. They're, I, they're I essentially find... what what would happen if you inserted the the space marine gene seed with the immigrant song? Absolutely. Absolutely, which is, which is how it should be. Yeah, I I find uh, typically I find Space Marines to be like because just because they're the poster boys, I tire of them a lot because mm. everybody plays them and they're the most like collected models. But like stuff like Death Watch and Space Wolves is just is just like just that nice bit of flavor I need to be able to be interested in them. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't know too many people that played the Ultramarines, and I tried to understand why people did, and like going through White Dwarf, and it's like. Oh, but I just love the thing of the ultra means. Like, just you know, they're just like the. It's like no, they're boring. My brother loves them. He loves them though because they're like this um, Roman-inspired uh, brethren guild. So they have like the 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 mohawk crowns, yeah, on their helmets and things. He loves that aesthetic rather than specifically them being ultramarines. Just worked out that they were. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Don't worry, there's no Latin puns coming. Like, I have, you know, limits. That's fair. Uh, from a game design standpoint, they just released 9th edition for Warhammer as well. 
Uh, I did hear I did hear about this, and and I kind of wish um, miniatures monthly was a thing that the Crate and Crowbar still did because I love yeah. listening to it. So um they they released ninth edition, and I hadn't played for ten years. My understanding of the old Warhammer was you had four phases or three really: move, mm-hmm. shoot, fight. Uh, now they apparently uh it, the game got so bloated with rules and clarifications and line of sight things and terrain things. Uh, when 7th or 8th edition hit, I think it was 8th edition, they basically took out like half of the rules and were just like, Good. look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to boil it way back to what it used to be. Similar to how like 5th edition like streamlined and simplified a lot of stuff. And then um, 8th and 9th edition are kind of what's come of that. Um, there's more, there's actually more than when I used to play. So there's like psychic phases and stuff like that now. Mm. But the core of the game basically still is... Move, shoot, fight. Uh, unless you're Tau, in which case you don't get a psychic. Okay, I remember when the Tau came out, they did not have a psychic phase. They still don't. It's Tau, uh, Tau got bigger and bigger mechs. Uh, that's cool. And it's great. You have, you have like, I've got like, I've got that model, and it's just, it's just a huge t- Titanic battle suit. It's got two pilots instead of one, and a big gun. So it and is, that's it all is, you need. It Tau is, is just Tau- It is essentially Pacific Rim. Absolutely. It's like it's like Gundam, Mecha, Pacific Rim, like any of your favorite kind of like Mecha tropes. Can I uh can I Okay, this is not a lead up to a pun. I absolutely promise. You have yep, yep. seen Pacific Rim though, correct? Abs- I love Pacific Rim. Cool. You know that scene in the first one where the fist punches into the building? Yeah. And hits the little office toy like the Yeah, yeah, the little Newton's cradle. Okay. Here's a bonus question for you. Yeah. Real or CG? Um, I've seen this. It's real. It is. I've seen the behind the scenes of that. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're bloody, you're bloody talking to a bloody Pacific Rim connoisseur, mate. Uh, I, I did, I did think maybe the beard was your way of like honoring Guillermo del Toro. No, no, I couldn't be in Death Stranding. I'll just leave that dead silence. Yeah, that that that, that 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 brought the tone down, Matthew. <laughs> no, Death Stranding. The uh, it's a great game, but um, I haven't played it. Oh, dude, it's look. That game is so weird, but I had a great time. It was one of my favorite games of that year. Yeah. It, so it anyway, back to um, like tabletop <laughs> roleplay games. Yes. Like, what we'll what we'll do is we'll, we'll we'll carry that with us and start to tramp towards where we're going. Yes. Maybe carrying yes. a small baby. Put it in our Maybe backpack. Not. Exactly. Um. um so I, I I think that we've looking at this and kind of like the way we're coming down at it, like. And we were even talking about this, like, in pre-recording. Like, streamlining a game, we would both agree, is it's pretty good. Um, but the other thing we were saying is, or, or I was saying, and you were saying, yes, Josh, that sounds like it's a pretty valid viewpoint. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong. Was okay. if a game's too streamlined, I sometimes think it's a bit too simple. And I, I think there's a danger in that. I, no, I agree with that. You don't want to. So you don't want to make your. You don't want your uh, players to feel like they're being talked down to. Like you, they they are intelligent. They have agency. They will be able to work things out on their own. But in saying that, they are also not the dungeon master or the game master who has planned every step of the way. So things that make sense to you may not necessarily make sense yeah. to them, and they need that push. Uh, I think it's more so the contrast between, say, Pathfinder 2 and Honey Heist. I haven't played Honey Heist, but go on. I really want to. Okay. It looks great. It is. 
I've I've played it quite a few times. Um, we played it on the podcast um, for a bit, and I remember I played it. As, I actually played it with my pro table because half of them didn't turn up, and I'm like, guys, do you want, do you want to play something else? Like, you know, look, I'm here. You're here. Let's you know, play Honey Heist. Oh, look, I'll reduce the fee. Don't worry about it. Let's have some. Let's have some fun. And they're like, oh, okay. This look. Do you want to play a completely different system, which will take some time to learn, but we can muddle around with it? You know, we could play Blades in the Dark, or do you want to play Honey Heist by Grant Howard? And they're like, Josh, we we don't know why you're so excited about the words Honey Heist and about who Grant Howard is. Mm. And I said, okay. And I read just the, the tag of Honey Heist, which is, you know, you plant the perfect heist, you know, blah, blah, blah. The problem is you're a bear. And immediately they're like, option number two, thanks, Josh. Oh, they didn't want to do it? No, they want Honey Heist. They they like we don't want Blades in the Dark. Sounds oh, great. Yeah, they Maybe want to later. play Honey Heist. Okay, I was I was gonna say like what's 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 happening with the group? They won't play yeah. Honey Heist. But the problem with Honey Heist, um, or, or maybe not the problem. Maybe this is just a Josh problem. Is the problem is it's so open wide and so streamlined that sometimes people don't know what to do. I've had the same thing with new players in Five E. Yeah. Mm. Um. So. What would you say are good ways of balancing that complexity, streamlining kind of dichotomy? I think, it, I mean, is, is that also a question, though, of is are these characters or players to the game new to TTRPG or are we working on the assumption that they have played TTRPGs? Because that's, that's going to really depend on let it, let us say answers. Let us say that they're in their, <clears throat> it's not their first time, it's not their first session. Let's say they've been playing for about a year or so. So, so they, they know they, kind of, they know roughly they can do anything, but they're asking in the context of this world. Yes, they they let's just say they got a good grip a, a good grip on five E rules, but they don't know everything. Okay, um, so ninety percent of players, that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would I would be surprised if anyone could recite a hundred percent of those rule books. Uh, I Michael, reckon, you're up, mate. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they um I reckon. It's it's hard to say because like they they um if if they they know what they're doing with the RPGs they'll be like well what can I do can I do this kind of thing uh, I I would honestly in my mind goes towards I would try doing roughly similar things to fifth edition but trying to do it if I was a bear. Okay, that's coming from a game master. I, I do want to point out in Cobalt Press they have bear folk. Yeah, they're great. Hmm, I might need to look into this. You have to look into it. Cobalt Press is great. We are uh, my one of my cast members has a bear folk that we um we slotted in to split the party at one point, but uh, we they didn't really make it into the story. Uh, but I love a good I love a good homebrew race. But um yeah, what were you saying with the so what would you do in that situation then with the honey I, heist? Uh, okay, in in the case where they feel that things are too complex, shall we say? I I believe in coaching. I believe in saying, okay, well, look, here are, your th- here are the three options your character can do. Which do you think fits what you want out of this story, or which do you think fits your character's personality? Mm. Now, I know, I know we've all heard the horror story, but it's what my character would do. Oh, yeah. Um, let's, not go, let's not fall down there. But I think sometimes <laughs> by limiting the choices and even being ready to say, here are the pros and cons of each of these choices. Like, not a huge shopping list of either, but, you know, you do this, but it's going to be this. But mm. you do this, 
but it's going to do this. Yeah. Like if, if, if a nine-year-old wants to throw a fireball at a room full of bugbears and you say, look, you can do that. It, it will probably end the fight, but it means you've only got one more of those left for the day. Yeah. So it's, um, in that sense, you, you're giving them full agency and choice of what to do, but in like a new player sense, you'll follow up with, with a but. Well, sometimes uh, my favorite one on that one is they're like, what if I just like killed this guy? And I'm like, you can definitely try and kill this guy. And then sometimes just my tone, you will also be, I'll try and, I'll try and put across the, to- the tone factor. And if they're like, okay, I might do it. And I'll be like, okay, just so you know, this rule, this game does have some consequences. Like the guards may not like that. And they may want to do something about that. If you want to kill one of their friends, you know, you, that's, uh, it's, we could also go down the route of you could talk to them or you could try and persuade them or sneak past them. And I, I, going down the route of giving them the options, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Give, 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 give a couple of options as freebies. And I've also found this works for when things are too open-ended. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. When things are too open-ended, bring it down to three. But when things are too com- again, it also works when things are too complicated as well. Because you're you're just giving someone okay. Here are your three magical options. Like, like a little nudge. Yeah, exactly. But also, if you ever say to a nine year old, "You could cast fireball," but their their hearing has shut off. The second you can cast fireball. Yeah, that's all they hear. In fact, all they hear is fireball. fireball. And they're like that. I want that. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to burn everything in this room except my two friends. Room explode, me, yes, go, do. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That is almost how he He was very excited. He was jumping up and down. It was beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, now, we did have a question from the audience. Um, this this question comes from a, is it Shayon? Yeah, Shayon Sunday. Um, <laughs> yes. He has asked, are all your characters just Matt Berry in disguise? My char- as in my like my player characters or like my DMing characters. I think he means yes. player characters. <laughs> I love that. Um okay. I know exactly where this is coming from. Uh yes, asterisk, but also no. So okay. uh Sean Sean has DM'd for me a few times and I've played roughly the same character every time. It's basically a, a kobold riding a giant spider. And he speaks like Matt Berry. Uh, coincidentally, it's it's one of the easiest voices I have to do. So I'm just going to plop it into an NPC at any given moment. Uh, so I don't know off the top of my head how many times I've just been like, yeah, it's Matt Berry voice time. I was go bloody hell. Why, I'm the sun sword from Curse of Strahd. Could, let's go kill Sergei's brother with me. Like, that is a it, good. In, that is good. <laughs> thanks. Um, I watched a lot of IT Crowd uh, when I was younger. Believe it or not, I I'm ready to believe it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I I love I love doing lots of voices for my DMing. So I have like I'll just have a pool of ones that I know I'm good at that I'll just pop out at a moment's notice, and I'll usually my, save them for like the more uh, more bombastic stuff. But because our, our main D and D game that we're playing is essentially Curse of Strahd, but He's a railway baron, and it's a spaghetti western, and he's not oh, a sex awesome. criminal. I like that. Um, 
Imagine imagine Strahd as Matt Berry. That Welcome is to my what dome. we do in the shadows. That's like that already exists. You are so yeah. I was. I, I also had the thought as I was saying it. Um, <laughs> bat, and he just flies away. Yeah. Oh, I need um, to do that. So, now. so what my players have learned, okay, because the way I see my my big bad guys, essentially Kenneth Branagh from um, Wild Wild West. Yep. Um. And so I deepen my voice and I give it a little bit of that southern touch. Give a little bit the of problem is sultry silk there. The problem is that they've all figured out the code, which is: Does this person have a southern accent? Yes, they are a bastard. Oh, so all your villains are like... (laughs) Not all, not all. It's it's worked out Half of my villains are British because I have, like... British is, like, the the go-to accent for myself. uh, Because I am half British. It's like I I just phase into my mum's accent. The the other thing they've learned is if someone's got a... If someone has Russian accent, then they are maybe morally interesting, but not necessarily bad, my friend. Uh, Sometimes they can be good and go, eh, eh. Yes, I, I am married to a Russian and slowly learning to speak ah, language. Excellent. So I, I get in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> she gets me back by impersonating an Australian accent. And Oh, um, I, that would be amazing. Moving right along. Um, <laughs> um, we, we also have one question that we always ask pretty well at the end, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which is, Matt... Um, what is your self-care? Like, how, how are you making sure you're okay? And and this was a really pertinent question last year. Um, I don't think it's less pertinent just because we've put a one in the oh, year. Oh, yeah, number. no, this is, year, this is year 2020 part two, if anything. And yeah. it's going to be that until the world gains some kind of semblance of... of um, normality isn't the right word, but uh, calm maybe is a better... I, th- no, I think no, a lot no. of that can be achieved by throwing Nazis off social media. Hell just, just, yes. Just, 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 nope, nope, nope. Off you go. Nope, nope. nope. I, I think a zero tolerance would be so much better towards that rather than just being like, oh, just tip a toe around it. But we are seeing it more more I, so within the last few weeks. They're finally taking some more action on it. I, I think the reason they're taking action on it is because they've realized, you know, a whole bunch of people who are very, very, very influential um, – could have almost been killed absolutely by a lot of these people uh we should do everything we can now to get out ahead of yeah. this because uh we don't want to be sued or hit with antitrust suits or broken up yeah um to which i say to um the american congress uh for those of you listening hi um Hi, this is the uh, two aussies talk about american intricate complex politics section of yes. the podcast Yes, this is why Josh did political science. Eh? Yeah, yeah. calling myself. And I'm just some guy. Yeah, um, yeah, Joe, smack him with a hammer, mate. There you go. But sorry, Matt. Yes, you, you was you were answering so, the question. So, asked. what is my self care? Yeah, how, how do you so, make sure you're okay? Um, I so I am very fortunate that I the D and D side is is a really good creative outlet. Um, I'm a very creative thinker. And person in general, so playing D and D is effectively a bit of self care for me, as provided I'm having a good time in there. Sometimes, you know, it can be a bit different, but um, that I would say um, having like something. I I always typically try to have a goal I'm working towards, whether it be 
for work or otherwise. Um, I've always got something I want to do. Uh, and, and it usually comes about with like uh, painting minis and things like that has been a lot of going through this COVID situation. I, I, I'll put on something, I will, I will sit down and something that requires my full attention, uh, that I can also switch off at the same time and just have something I'm listening to in the background while I'm focusing on either building or painting or something like that. And, and generally just like playing games is great. I, I have heard that mini painting is very meditative. Um, it's, a couple of my friends have got zen. shame piles. They're working their way through and they're like, it's just, there's a very, very zen thing to it. Like you put on something nice and contemplative and you can just. Yeah. I, um, I saw, so I'll listen to podcasts. I've been watching like Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super, just like running straight through again. I love that. That's, I mean, I grew up with that show, so I'm watching it all again. Have you, have you watched Kengen Ashura? no what is that or baki i know baki i haven't watched it though okay uh baki is great baki is essentially like it's my favorite anime plot which is hey you let's fight yeah good (laughs) (laughs) for a long time last year i was just watching baki and kengan ashura it's like yeah i just want just 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 watching fit people beat the loving shit out of each other for some reason it was very satisfying I mean, yeah. I, it's, is it a is it a shonen type as well? Like, is it like that overcoming great odds kind of thing, or are they just fighting? They're just brawling. Bit of both. Like, okay. Ken, Kengen Ashura is great because it's very it's it's kind of satirical because it's like, look, businesses no longer like they have this underground fighting thing where mm. they settle disputes. Okay. And it's just great because they have like all these different like companies and whatnot. And they just do absolute parodies of real world companies, like oh, I would love the, the, C- I would love the that, CEO. Yeah. yeah, you'll love it. But the CEO spoil- of McDonald's comes down and beats up the sushi vendor or something like that, like the local farmers market guy. Not quite. I'm no. going to spoil this a little bit for you and for no, the that's people fine. listening. Um, the CEO of McDonald's is like also the CEO of Burger King. Okay. And they just like amalgamate this like Burger King, McDonald clown. Um, and he's got like this fighter who goes in and does the fighting for him. It's great. But the CEO of the Harley Davidson company looks exactly like Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> okay, I can picture that. So it's not just food vendors, it's just companies. Yeah, it's great. It's these huge companies. And like the CEO nominates someone to go in and fight for them, and they just beat the ever loving tar out of each other. It's great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that sounds great. I will it's, check that out. It is very funny and very good. But What's that called? Is, that, see... is that Baki? No, that's Kengan Ashura. Baki Kengen Ashura. is just... There's this guy, his name's Baki. His dad is like the best fighter in the world. And he just like... It's literally just people coming up to him and saying, Hey, let's fight. All right. He's like, oh. <laughs> I will check these out. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, no, it's the... So, the anything that requires my full attention i can just kind of hang out and chill like uh you can see behind me i've got all these board games and things like literally setting up this room over the last day and a half was just like that that mental break i needed after like after a very chaotic camping trip over the weekend um but uh yeah you just have like setting stuff up and it's just kind of like you get to decide very in your own terms and you've got a color scheme or whatever you want to do if it's painting or like slight organizational stuff uh, it's it's and just like putting something on while that's happening yeah 
very I, I, cathartic. I think it's also why in my older age now, I find cleaning things so much more relaxing now. Oh, I hate it. I can't do it. I, no, no, no. It's probably the right podcast. Me, yeah. Like, you know, Lions Led by Donkeys or Behind the Bastards or something. Mm-mm. Or, or even, you know, just like Daily Zeitgeist or, or just something. Or, or, oh, Revolutions. Revolutions is really good for this. Because it can just go for ages. And you're just listening to these people, like, change society mm. while you're just, you know, scrubbing and cleaning. And it's good. That's fair. I, um, I think rather than cleaning, I do the cooking side. So, like, I find cooking really cathartic yeah, as well. It is. Like, I like take- cooking. Yeah, I, when, I, when I've got time to do it, like when I want to just be like, I'm going to make something ex- ridiculous and it's going to take like two hours. Let's go. Sounds good. Mm, mm. Yeah. What, what, what do you usually cook? Like what, what's your go-to? Um, I love, right now, beef stroganoff is like a huge one for me. I, I can't get enough of it because we worked out, mm. like we cracked the recipe that we really like. Um, I've won a competition once with my chicken wings and hot sauce because I'll make oh, hot damn. sauce. Um, I wasn't a big competition. It was like a work thing. Um, but um, doesn't matter, man. You won. Yeah. No. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I won. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I make like I can make like hot sauce and I'll like make all the chilies and things taste yeah. amazing, but they'll still with, burn your mouth out. With, with with regards to that first one, I was gonna say, well, you are the Nicholas Romanoff of your beef stroganoff. <laughs> Food wishes, Chef John. Okay. Anyways, uh, uh, Matt, no, you lost me on that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, go check out Food Wishes on YouTube. He's really cool. He's really cool. Um, so, Matt, look, that, that is about all the time I, of yours I, I can take up. And, that is all right. Um, Matt, if people want to track you down online and, and check out all the cool stuff you do, um, we did mention at the start, but w- just w- where can people find stuff that you that so, you do? Um, if you are ever in need of a D&D game, I am a professional DM uh, on the regular. Like, I literally put all my time into doing it if I can. So, if you ever want to have a book a game or one-shot or whatever you want, corporate, whatever, literally, uh, you can find me just over on Twitter at, at NoFunBrown. Um, you can also find uh, the channel that I produce and run over at uh, Split the Party. Uh, I think I'm on Split underscore The Party on Twitter. And uh, over at youtube.com slash split the party is where we are based. We have a, God, four season long D&D campaign that we record and release and we edit it down. Uh, it's got a lot of graphics, battle maps and editing in there. We cut it way down so it's more like TV episodes rather than um, rather than the long form content. Cool. Um, and what else have we got? Yeah, we, we do other content on there. We did like a Christmas special as one of our things. I painted myself completely blue and made a horrible pseudo game show punishment challenge show where i played one of my D characters uh who came into the real world kidnapped my cast and then made them compete horrible games for prizes that were also quite bad that sounds cool i might have to do that to my place at some point yes I'm, i i want to do that more like it was a very fun film shoot so we might just turn it into a regular series at some point but yeah cool. um i think that's all split the party and myself is 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 where you can find me Excellent. And uh, I, of course, can be found at Nerdy People D&D. Uh, please check out the actual play of Curse of Strahd. Um, and also just to, yeah, and, 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 well, and the other things we're doing. Like, we've been playing Burnbright, like I said. We've played Blades in the Dark. We, we haven't played Dungeons & Dragons for about, like, four months now. <laughs> hey, there's always room for more, though, right? We're, we're going we're to get back to it in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, but Matt, thank you again very much for your time. That's all right. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Good. Happy to come back anytime. Oh, don't, 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 don't threaten me with a good time, my friend. I'm bloody, you bloody looking for a good time. I'm bloody give a bloody good talking time. <laughs> okay, that's just scary. Thank you. <laughs>